After his long-term partner left him for someone she described as younger but more mature, David Bramwell knew it was time for change. He embarked on a global adventure to seek out his utopia, a community that would suit his singular needs and teach him how to be a better person. He visited an anarchist commune in Denmark and dabbled with free love. He even braved a kinky, female-run palace in the Czech Republic where men were inferior citizens, subject to slavery, daily floggings and imprisonment without fair trial, a bit like a weekend break at Guantanamo Bay. But nothing could prepare him for the mind-boggling, time-travelling people of Damanhur. Join us for another journey on the Number 9 Bus to Utopia, an auditorium six-part special. Episode 4, Time Travelling in the Italian Alps. In the summer of 1978, a small group of Italians founded a fledgling community and called it Damanhur. They bought land in the foothills of the Alps and began digging in secret at night. Their leader, Folco, declared, We must build a temple the like of which has not been seen for thousands of years. Two million buckets of rock and earth were removed from the mountain, and by 1991 it was complete, a vast, stunning, underground temple equivalent in size to St Paul's Cathedral. Then disaster struck. A former member threatened to spill the beans. I will reveal your little secret to the world, and let's say you give me... <laughs> one million lira. The community refused to be blackmailed, choosing instead to reveal to the world that, yes, over 23 years, they had built a colossal underground temple, decorated with marble columns, stained-glass cupolas and huge works of art. And no, they hadn't asked for planning permission. Good news, however, has a habit of not getting out. The story didn't even make the skateboarding duck section of the news. 20 years on, Damanhur is still going strong. Its citizens number nearly a 1,000, they build eco-houses and sell organic produce to Italy's top food outlets. Their reason for secretly building the world's largest underground temple is, however, another story entirely, as is their claim to have built a fully functioning time machine. I'd first heard about Damanhur through a performer, Ken Campbell, a rotund, bald man with giant eyebrows and a voice like sandpaper who had delivered spellbinding monologues about the place in a one-man show called Mystery Bruises. I called Ken up to ask his opinion of Damanhur and its many claims. Now, you must go to Damanhur, absolutely. Of course, it's all bollocks, but magnificent bollocks. You don't believe they built a time machine? I don't believe in anything. Belief is bollocks. But I'm happy to suppose in it. I suggest you do too. Entertain the idea of it being possible, and it will entertain you. But listen, the Damanhurians have given me this Hollywood film script about the history of the place, and that really is bollocks. If we're going to get Hollywood interested in Damanhur, I need a good story. So here's your commission. Steal the time machine, have an adventure, and that will be our new Hollywood script. I'll make sure they get Hugh Grant or someone like that to play you. <laughs> Sorry, Ken, I missed the last bit. Oh, fuck it. You never listen, David. I'm not saying it again. Ken's rudeness was legendary. I'd signed up for a month-long stay in one of Damanhur's communal houses they called a Nucleo. Dozens of them dotted the mountainsides, large white houses painted with colourful flowers on the outside. Like at the Scottish community of Findhorn, I was about to share my life with a dozen other curious souls, living and eating together under the same roof. I checked in at Damanhur's main village, DeMille, dotted with stone-carved gods and an outdoor temple that looked like a set from Clash of the Titans. 
then I was taken to meet my fellow seekers. Conte, David. I'm Magpie, here to help you settle into your nucleo. Many of your group are already here. Erika. Hi. Christoph. Hello, David. Niels. Hello. Somewhere there's... Uh... Hey, David! It was Carl, the Belgian punk party animal and bassist with Demon Swallower, who I'd shared a room with in Findhorn. What luck. It's a miracle. When I found out this morning that David was coming, I insisted we'd be roommates. That would be brilliant, no? <laughs> uh... <laughs> hey, 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 let's have a fucking party. Hey, hey, we can make a bong out of this dolphin. It's got a hole in the top and everything. Carl, not again. I'm trying to sleep. Last night you were trying to make a bong out of a citron bolingo. Now it's a dolphin, Carl. Hey, don't swim away. I want to smoke you. Well, we better get down to business. Hey, Magpie, I have a question. Can we visit Temple and see Time Machine? Not right now, we call Hey, Magpie, I have another question. I went to a bar to buy a cigarette yesterday. I, I said I'm staying at this crazy place called Damanhur where you can't buy cigarettes. And they said, we're a Damanhurian bar. We don't sell cigarettes either. So I had to go to another village. What's the deal with smoking here? I'll leave you to find that out, Carl. <laughs> but look... First, we need someone who's willing to be coordinator for the nuclear. Would anyone? Yes, I'll do it. Thank you, Carl. And I need someone to drive. Hey, someone no, no who... problem. I'll do it, yes. Oh, uh, someone else, perhaps? Yeah, I'll do it. What? Crazy Brits who drive on the left. Hey, 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 we need group song. Uh, let's sing uh, Black Sabbath, Paranoid, eh? My woman, she finishes me because my mind is so gone crazy. I never did find out Magpie's full name, but like all of Damonhurst's full-time residents, she'd adopted an animal and plant name. Over the weeks that followed, I'd meet Sunset Butterfly Pineapple, Duckbill Platypus Cactus, Ant Coriander and her diminutive friend Penguin. At Damonhurst, you could suggest the name you wanted but it was ultimately decided by committee. One alpha male resident, totally in love with himself, declared to the community... I will be Panther Deadly Nightshade. So they called him Dung Beetle Pansy instead. Thank you. My favourites, Swordfish Banana, Beaver Pepper and Sponge Strawberry, sounded like Jamie Oliver recipes. Conte. Welcome to Damanhur. My name is Makako, and this is my rubber plant, Heli. She is our finest musician, and she will sing for you. Damanhur's finest musician is a rubber plant. Hey, Makako, you're not serious. I am. Would you like to hear Heli singing? She really likes to play. We have developed an electronic instrument that allows the plants to change electric conductivity and alter the sounds. But they need a little time to practice. Now we have fig trees, roses and buttercups all making music. Oh, today she was a little bit shy. Yeah, and a little bit shit. He had a point. But then Carl's role as agitator had been cemented within the first few days of arriving in Damanhur. By the end of our first week, he announced his plans to our nucleo. I'm going to stage a protest at the anti-smoking. I've written a letter for the daily newspaper. Look. 
It's not a war of blood and poison. It's a mind war, blah, blah. The battle has begun. They drew first blood, blah, 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 blah. Signed, the Dolphin Warrior. Who's that? That is me, my friend. I am the Dolphin Warrior. While Carl's rock and roll attitude to life had been relatively low-key in Findhorn, in our communal nucleo, it soon became problematic. Acute toothache was making him drink heavily. He was skipping nucleo meetings, which he was meant to be coordinating, and being argumentative about his cooking duties. Sporadically, Carl would appear in the evenings, regaling us with his adventures. He took photos of everyone he met. This is dentist in Valdezero. He fixed my teeth. He's got the most beautiful German shepherd dog. Uh, this is Maria. She sold me cigarettes. She's nice, yes? Eh? I'm taking her for a meal tomorrow. She's not much to look at, but she has good heart. That is more important, no? Hey, how's your heart, David? Still pining for Italian lady? There are plenty of nice Italian ladies here in Damon here. I think Aunt Coriander, she likes you, no? Carl had a good heart, too. It hadn't taken me long to realise there was a conspiracy of silence at Damonhurst surrounding time travel. Most residents evaded questions or changed the subject when we brought it up. When asked Sunset Butterfly Pineapple if they had an actual fully functioning time machine, she said, It really isn't very important in the great scheme of things at Damonhurst. All I'd learned so far was that part of the training to be a time traveller was practising how to hold in your shit. You can't go back in time a-shitting and a-pissing and a-pooping everywhere. Think of the risk of spreading modern diseases. In discussing Damoner's time machine on the phone with Ken Campbell, he said this to me. What percentage chance would you give that it actually works? I don't know, 1%? Fuck me, as much as that? You can use decimal places. OK, OK, so I suspect that by now you're probably wondering what the hell was going on at Damonher. Singing plants, underground temples, time machines. To help put you in the picture, we need to travel into the future by several hundred years. Hold on to your hat. It's 2600 AD, or thereabouts, and Earth has been destroyed by alien terrorists who take away the free will of the people of Earth and send them on a path of self-destruction. But a lone heroic alien decides that the people of Earth deserve a chance to determine their own fate, and only he can reverse their history. The benevolent alien is pre-incarnated into the body of a human baby, Alberto Araudi in Turin in 1950. At a young age, Araudi comes to realize who and what he is, an alien trapped in human form. Araudi changes his name to Falco Tarasacco, or Hawk Dandelion, and amasses a group of followers to help him construct a giant battery to jolt the Earth onto a new timeline. This must be built on Earth's synchronic knot, which luckily for them is less than half an hour's drive away from their home in Turin, in the foothills of the Alps. Better still, the land is for sale. Result, the giant battery is disguised as a vast underground temple. After a series of complex rituals involving a candle and some panpipe music, a new timeline is created and Earth is saved. But this timeline must be well looked after. Where do you get the nuts and bolts to maintain a planet's timeline? There is a place on the far side of the galaxy but it takes forever to get there, and the parking is awful. Of course, there used to be a little shop in Atlantis, but to get there, you'd need to travel back in time. This is why the Damonherians don't like to make a big fuss about the time machine. They only really use it for shopping. We are now deep inside of the temples of humankind in the labyrinth. You can see stretching out a crisscross of corridors and enclaves. Each one depicts the faces of a different god, 
All the gods are venerated in Damanhur. Hey, David, it's awesome, right? Yeah. This is the Temple of Earth and Stars, the largest space in the temples of humankind. The temple is a 3D book that can be read. Everything you need to know about Damanhur is painted on these walls. If I turn out the lights... Ah! Ace balls! This is a sky map with optical fibers representing the stars as they would have been seen 20,000 years ago. Hey, David, it's super awesome, right? Calm. Yeah, it really is. We are now in the Hall of Spheres. These nine colored crystal balls represent nine divinities. Now, Carl, if you just want to press hard on the stone slab there on the wall behind you... This one? Oh. Uh, uh. And we are into the next temple space. Oh my god. It's like Indiana Jones' car. <laughs> Except it's real, my friend. This is a selfic cabin. A person can enter the cabin between these glass tubes. It is possible to use this for experiments for widening perception. Lucid dreams, therapy. Is this...? Yes, David. This is the time machine. Here's your commission. Steal the time machine, have an adventure, and that will be our new Hollywood script. Can I just step... <laughs> no. Come away. When we emerged blinking into the sunlight an hour later, Unexpectedly, I began to cry. Don't worry, David. It's a common reaction. I hadn't cried because Sunset Butterfly Pineapple wouldn't let me use the time machine, but from being overwhelmed at what Damanhur's residents had accomplished, the world's most astonishing piece of outsider art. I'd seen those bucket lists of 101 things you should do and see before you die, and the Temples of Humankind deserves to be in the top five. Visit the pyramids in Giza and sure, they're impressive, but they're past their best. You know, they're dusty, crumbling. Here at Damanhur, the paint is still drying. Oh, there I go again. Sorry. During the month in our nucleo, our kitchen had been alive with confessional, bizarre and putting the world to rights conversations. But the most repeated topic was Damanhur's fantastical claims. I tested everyone's patience by asking the same questions. Did the plants actually sing? Was the time machine real? Who was Folco? In fact, I'd seen little of the man who had conceived this whole community. Did my fellow seekers really believe he was an alien from the future? Of all the people in the nucleo, Erica seemed the most pragmatic. David, do you really care if Folco is from the future or if he went to Atlantis or not? He's not playing the guru. He lives in the community like everyone else and seems to be a humble and intelligent man. Look around you. See what is real here. And ask yourself a more important question. Do you like what you see in Damanhur? I do like what I see, Erica. I, I find the Damanhurians to be warm, compassionate, down-to-earth people. But surely anyone would feel the need to question this stuff. <laughs> well, you'll get your chance tomorrow. He's holding a Q&A. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<clears throat> uh, welcome to our Friday night conference with Falco Terrasacco, or as you may know him, Hork Dandelion. Uh, we have an hour for your questions. Uh, yes, let us start with David. Falco, I hear lots of different stories about you, that you're an alien who travelled back in time, that you understand how to harness the energies of Atlantis, and that you've built a time machine. My question is, which of these, if any, are true? I'm just someone trying to do my best. He answered like a bloody politician. Hey, Falco, I'm Dolphin Warrior. How come you're so concerned about smoking? You permit cars on the premises, which create more pollution, yet smokers can't even smoke outside. Inside the buildings, I understand, but hey, outside? Uh, if you smoke, stop smoking. It's a discipline required here. And what if I wage war on Damanhur and set up my own utopia inside Damanhur, where smoking is permitted? We will fight you, and we will win. <laughs> I think not, my friend. Close to the end of our residency, our Nucleo were asked to give a short presentation on stage after another of Falco's Q&As. Keep it succinct but entertaining was the brief. We decided to say our thank yous, then follow with a silly Egyptian dance for a bit of fun. Unsurprisingly, Carl refused to take part. Please welcome our visitors from Daffodil Nucleo to the stage. On behalf of our nuclear, I'd like to thank you all for your generous hospitality. We have found Damanhur to be a fascinating and inspiring community. <laughs> Knowing how much you like Egyptian dance, we've prepared a little surprise for you. Oh. Hey, my good friends! The Dolphin Warrior has returned! I want to tell you a story from a long time ago. It's a story about Atlantis. I'm not a number. I'm a free man. Now, the sound man had been asked to play our Egyptian dance music on a specific cue. Unprepared for Carl's appearance on stage, he took this as his cue instead. This is not a war of blood and poison. It's a mind war, and I believe we will all get better from it. The battle has begun. I am a free man! Carl, the Dolphin Warrior! Not knowing what else to do, the rest of us broke into our Egyptian dance. Carl is now lobbing cigarettes at the audience. Everybody, come on, smoke! Have a lovely bifter. The battle has begun. I am a free man! Carl, the Dolphin Warrior! Cigarette for you. You don't smoke no matter. Take a cigarette. I get this idea in a dream where I make a dolphin to a bomb. It was amazing. Light them up. You want a lighter? I got a lighter. Here we go. Everybody smoke. We're going to show them what the fuck. What the fuck? Afterwards, we walked back to our nucleo together along the unlit, steep roads that snaked around the mountains. To our left, a sheer drop to the valley far below us. Occasionally, a car would hurtle past, giving little regard for our presence on the road. I was not hell? expecting I, 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 that at all. I didn't know what you were in. doing. You were dancing Very around fun. like a flicks. I loved it when you started chucking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. you that was that blew my mind. That blew my mind. <laughs> oh, Carl. You're such an idiot at times, but we do love you. Whoa, how careful, my friends. They drive like Belgians. It's a long drop over this mountain road, eh? Shh, shh, shh. Listen. Ha! 
Listen, I have crazy owl story. I'm walking home late night. Perhaps I'm drunk, <laughs> but suddenly I feel pain on my head. There's blood. Feels like someone has thrown a rock at me. But street is empty. What the fuck? Now, at the end of the road is police station, so I go and demand they investigate. The policeman listens, shrugs, and says, Owls. Turns out there's a fucking owl getting pissed off with anyone on his turf and dive-bombing lordly drunk Belgians. <laughs> yeah, I have a very strange encounter with owls once. As I'd found with all the communities so far, the time shared with people had been the most rewarding part of the trip. I was really going to miss my companions from the Nucleo. There had been respect, generosity, openness, and demonstrations of incredible patience towards everyone, including Carl. I'd learnt a lot from him, again. He stood up for what he believed in and had a big heart, but in doing what he pleased, he had little consideration for how it might impact on the rest of us. Through Carl, I'd seen some of my own selfish behaviour towards Alex, my ex, reflected back at me. Individualism, doing exactly what you want, I realised comes at a price. As for getting my head around Damanhur itself, the breakthrough came one afternoon in its gift shop. Conte, David. Conte is Sunset Butterfly Pineapple. Look, we have a new illustrated book about our community. Oh, yeah. It's lovely. It reminds me of an Asterix book. Le story de Damanhur. What's that? The history of Damanhur? We prefer the myth of Damanhur. Why not history? <laughs> Good question. Because of these stories are whatever you want them to be. It doesn't matter whether you take them literally. At Damanhur, we ask only if our myth connects with you. We're here to understand the purpose of community because that is how we can best be mirrors for each other. Myth gives you inner connection with what a community is built for. Maybe this was why Falco wouldn't answer our questions directly, why no one would give me a straight answer at Damanhur. These stories about time travel and the destruction of the Earth, they were part of the fabric of Damanhur, but no one seemed to own them or necessarily take them literally. The writer Joseph Campbell, who wrote extensively about myth, observed that in the 20th century, we started to discard many of our myths because they no longer served us, especially our religious myths. But, he added with a caveat, what the world desperately needs now are new myths to teach us how to live in the modern world. Of course, it's all bollocks, but magnificent bollocks. Much as I loved Ken Campbell, I couldn't agree. As I saw it, Damanhur's residents had built a glorious film set of epic proportions, the temples of humankind. They'd chosen their roles and together written a script packed with parables of time travel, malevolent aliens and the destruction of the earth. Damanhur was a new myth, a living myth, a parable for how they should live their lives. And its originality didn't stop there. Aware of the very real problems of inertia in communities, Damanhur had created the game of life, setting new adventures to its residents to keep them on their toes. One nuclear was set the challenge to survive on a mountain for six months with only the very basics of tools. 
Another had to build an entire village of tree houses. Dam and Her was the only community I'd ever visit that had dealt with the thorny issue of inertia. And it was there in the village of tree houses on my last day that I met Beaver Pepper. Conte, David. Conte. Yeah, they are now engaged in intelligent conversation with the trees. Oh, yeah? Anything to report? Yes. We've discovered that trees hate being hugged. It makes them feel cold, claustrophobic, and it drains them of their natural energy. The trees have kindly asked us all to stop. Well, I promise to spread the word. As a seeker, Dam and Her surpassed all of my expectations. Could it be my utopia? Well, I certainly took great delight in the thought of phoning up my Italian ex to let her know I'd joined a community of time travellers in her home country and from now on wish to be known as Chaffinch Lemongrass. And it was a damn sight more interesting than going to Australia. Yes, I know, I was still dealing with the news that she was moving there with the fiancé, Dougal. One thing I was sure of, Dam and Her was a place to which I would return. But right now, I have my sights set on America. The Number 9 Bus to Utopia was written by David Bramwell with additional material by Dave Mountfield. It starred David Bramwell as himself with Emma Kilby, Graham Duff and Dave Mountfield in a plethora of small but essential roles. Script editor was Graham Duff. It was produced by David Bramwell and Andrew Mailing and is a special six-part series for the Auditorium podcast funded by the Arts Council England. Music is by Oddfellows Casino. The book, The Number 9 Bus to Utopia, is available to buy on Amazon and is even funnier and more philosophical than the podcast. Yeah, I know, it's hard to believe. The Auditorium is also a best-selling book full of fascinating stories about pioneers, outsider artists, adventurers and counterculture heroes. It's published by Hodder and Stoughton and is available from Amazon and all good bookshops.